you gotta you gotta be strategic and you gotta help people understand uh, the importance of working together and how everybody's gonna benefit uh, from it. And so for me, I grew up in the district. Uh, I went to elementary school in the district. I was raised by my grandparents in Bull in Midway, Alabama. Uh, I went to graduate from Bullitt County High School. And, and Dave, you know, I've been doing things back in my hometown uh, since I got out of college. And so you, do you ever leave your hometown? kids welcome in another uh, fantastic week of your favorite political podcast alabama politics this week brought to you by wind creek entertainment um yeah it's uh you know it's 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 always interesting around here um <laughs> it's always interesting i know y'all have no idea what happened beforehand but it's okay it's okay <laughs> i am josh moon and that other person you hear laughing at me is <laughs> David Person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I never stop rolling, by the way, so all of my laughter is on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a fine laugh track. Uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 listen, we do the best we can with what we have, okay? That's all I can say. <laughs> we do the best we can with what we have. Uh, we want to, uh, you know, before we get uh, get rolling uh, on the uh, the show itself, the show proper, I guess, I uh, uh-huh. want to uh, want to thank our, our friends at Wind Creek Entertainment for sponsoring yeah. this, uh, this show and uh, making sure that, you know, David and I eat. Uh, but uh, Wind, Wind Creek, uh, you know, if you have not booked and if you were, you know, I, this would be a good week. You know, you know what would be a good trip? It would be a good trip to go to one of those, uh, to one of the Wind Creek establishments in the state, uh, one of the three. Uh, and, and to, uh, you know, spend a, l- a weekend hanging out and they've got the, you know, they've got the little bars and things there inside the facilities that are really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play some, you know, you play it, play the games, and then you can also watch the football, play the games, watch the football, have a nice weekend. Your wife can mm-hmm. go to the spa. I mean, because listen, these are top notch facilities. Uh, you know, they, they are in Wetumpka, Montgomery and Atmore. And uh, you go to any of them, and I'm going to tell you now, you'll have yourself a nice time, and and you'll be very pleased with the accommodations. Uh, and, and really, uh, the Porch Creeks op- operate these facilities all across the country, and um, and they're all top notch. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, my trip. I'm trying to just trying to figure out when I can squeeze it in with this being the end of the year and. Yeah. And everything that happens at the end of the year, so I may it may end up being in January, but I can't wait to go. And in fact, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I had an idea. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we should do. You know, we have we have toyed with the idea every so often. We've toyed with the idea of doing a live, you know, a podcast live in front of an audience. Yeah. What if we were to do that at uh, one of the Wind Creek uh, facilities? What if we were to fine do that? with me, man? Fine with me. Of course, I'll be. You know. You know, I might be a little distracted by some of the stuff, you know, all the lights and whistles and bells and things, you know, that, uh, yeah. you know, I'm easily distracted. I'm like a dog with a squirrel, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, so I'll, uh, 
you know, it, it's it, it should be uh, it, it would be a fun time. I know that, and and those those facilities are are nice. You're, you're gonna you're gonna really have a good time. Uh, you know, they they operate uh, a dozen uh, gaming facilities across the country. They operate three in the state of Alabama. Uh, they are Alabama's largest hospitality industry employer, and you know. It's uh, it's it's a it's a top notch facility. It really is that they, they operate very well, and we really appreciate them. You know, uh, sponsoring us and and making sure that uh, Alabamians uh, you know get get good, accurate information on on a variety of topics. So, yep. uh, thanks to our, uh, those folks, and y'all go see them. Uh, call them up, book a book a weekend, and and have some fun. Really, have some fun. All right, um, so. There has been one overriding story for the last week, and uh, and there's no way that you know, there's going to be any other story that we could talk about in Alabama politics uh, than uh, the story and the sad uh, ending of the life of Bubba Copeland, uh, who was the uh, mayor at Smith Station. There's a small town of about, wow, what was it? Uh, yeah, a couple thousand folks throughout right around Auburn, in between Auburn and Columbus. Um, yeah, I've, I've been through there many times uh, when I was at Auburn and was uh, working, uh, worked uh, delivering paper for a company there in Auburn and um, went through Smith Station, uh, into Smith Station a lot. And so I have, you know, some familiarity with the town. But, uh, you know, um, Bubba Copeland was... Um, was by all accounts a good mayor. Uh, was by all accounts a well liked guy around town. Um, you know, I I understand he was you know a, a conservative fellow uh, for the most part from what you know he in his politics or the way he presented himself at least. Um, but you know, aside from that, I think it was. Uh, he was basically just a, a a decent person to most folks um, around town, and and uh, and I don't think they much cared about his political leanings. Um, and you know, uh, about was it a week and a half or so now back, uh, the website eighteen nineteen outed him and his um, I guess cross dressing lifestyle um, on the online. He took on a female persona online. Um, and, um, you know, did that, you know, posted photos of himself and, uh, and it was a little deeper. Josh, let me just say this. It was a little deeper than just cross-dressing because apparently he was positioning himself as a transgender person. Like maybe he was going to transition. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, so, I mean, but he was, he was doing this online and he had created this persona online about, you know, with, um, you know, that I I believe it was called Brittany. Um, and you know, he took photos, apparently his wife participated with him in this to some degree or some level. Um, and, um, you know, he kept it hidden and they, they found it and they, they kind of exposed it. Um, and then just kind of, piled on uh to to Bubba Copeland and uh, really went after him and um you know what he was doing online and and had created you know several different stories uh, including stories that, that featured Rick and Bubba 
who, no matter what you think of them, and I think they're a couple of clowns, but no matter what you think of them, they have a pretty far reach, uh, you know, a huge listening audience. And so they, they too got in on the, uh, I guess at that time was fun for them uh, to, to poke fun at the Smith station mayor and, and shame him and tell him he had things to be ashamed of. Um, and, uh, ultimately, Bubba Copeland took his own life after a couple of days of that, um, you know, in front of uh, police officers that were coming uh, for a welfare check on him. And um, it is a terrible end to his life uh, that way. And uh, over the course of the last several days, 1819 has endured its fair share of uh, ridicule and outrage and criticism, um, all of it pretty well earned for the way that they did this. Um, you know, I it's um, I, I'll say this before you know before I, I, I turn it over over to you, and because and, my feeling on this is this. Um, I believe that there were aspects of this story that could have been reported and and probably should have been reported. Uh, the stuff about you know him using uh, the photos of of kids around town, um, uh, the the stuff about uh, using you know the the fiction in which he used a real lady's name uh, from around a business lady's name from in town, um, and talked about killing her. Um, you know the, that is that that's listen that's odd behavior for a mayor. Okay, that's that's behavior that that people should know about. Okay, now his 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 secret lifestyle or whatever is what 1819 chose to focus on. Uh, they didn't choose to focus on, you know, these women, you know, you know, maybe presenting it to them uh, and to these families and saying, you know, what do you think about this? And the story being that and, and, you know, talking about this, this mayor in that way. Um, and and I, I think that what they did is they got so caught up in their own culture war shit. Um, that they kind of killed themselves uh, with this. That they they did they did this to themselves by by focusing on the culture war instead of what would have been a, a story, a n- actual news story here, which was some of some of his behaviors uh, that I think were um, harmful to pe- real people within the community. That's just my thought. This is a real, this is a real tricky thing for me Mm -hmm. because I believe that uh, when you are a public official, when you are an elected official specifically, Uh, but even if you're a public person, you know, you, you largely relinquish your right to privacy in my Mm -hmm. mind. And if you're an elected official or an appointed official who is serving the taxpayer, I don't think you can afford, and I don't think democracy can afford for you to have secrets that you're keeping that can be exploited. 
And I would argue that um, that any elected official who has a secret life or appointed official who has a secret life can potentially be exploited for the benefit of some party at the expense of taxpayers and, and the community. Mm-hmm. So from a strictly journalistic standpoint, I don't have a problem with them reporting on his secret life. Now, the tone that they used, mm-hmm. the tactics that they used, uh, the, the, uh, the, and especially, you know, if, if there's a demeaning, if they're demeaning him, as I think Rick and Bubba were doing, um, I've got a major problem with all of that. Yeah. Major problem with all of that. Um, but, but as a general principle, you know, I just think, you know, if you, if you're a public official and you know that you have a secret life, then you're rolling the dice. And, and I, and I would argue that it's not to your benefit to keep secrets if you're a public official, you know, that's, that's what I would argue. Uh, but I but but I want to say I'm profoundly sad at, at the outcome here, you know, and and I want to make that very clear. I mean, I'm profoundly sad at that, and I think and I think you're right when you suggest that the approach to the media coverage, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was journalistic or just you know the entertainment that Rick and Bubba provide, you know, that really deserves criticism and scrutiny and 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 you know we have to do better mm-hmm. we have to do better you know th- this is a horrible outcome and you know my god i just i feel for his family yeah yeah no it's a you know i i, I don't know i'm i'm a little torn I, so i don't um I don't, I typically make it a, a policy of mine and this is, you know, just me and other people handle it differently. And I understand that. And I understand, um, you know, their point of view for the most part. Uh, I understand what you're saying about, you know, public officials giving up their rights to, to privacy and things like that. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily uh, agree with that to the, you know, to the full, you know, I, I think that people, people still should have a right to, to some level of privacy in their lives, even if they are a public official. And, um, and, and I think that, I think it's, you can separate it. And we all know, uh, to me, at least we, we know where, where lines are, uh, on things. And, you know, I think a lot of this stuff with Copeland, what bothered me most is, um, you know, Aside from the thing, the couple of things that I mentioned about you know the and that was mainly the fiction that he was writing and and, and the little memes, all right. But the lifestyle itself, um, you know, I, I don't. To me, if if you if you have a a lifestyle such as that, um, and and you want to keep it separate online, what whatever it may be, you know, maybe you like dressing up like you know farm animals or whatever, you know, I mean. Um, is it embarrassing? Is it something that somebody could use against you? Yeah, sure. But I mean, where do we draw that line? I mean, you know, there's all sorts of things that somebody could use against someone that they found out happened, you know, in their past or what, you know, whatever. And so to me, 
if a person who is who is a public official is not using taxpayer dollars in in an inappropriate way somehow, if they are not, um, you know, if they're not being hypocritical in in legislation or laws or you know whatever that that and, and how they're using their office. Uh, that that their secret life is running counter to uh, for, you know, I, I think we we can all uh, count for some folks that have, you know, passing uh, laws against uh, LGBTQ folks uh, and limiting that while we all clearly know that this, these, these folks fall somewhere on the LGBTQ, uh, you know, in, in that group of, of people. Yeah. And, and, and so those things, I think, are more fair game. But if you are a person like Bubba Copeland, you know, example, and you're the mayor of Smith Station, Alabama. You know, uh, I mean, I understand mayor is a is a pretty important position in a lot of ways, but I mean, we're talking about a, a little tiny town in in, Al- in a pocket of Alabama um, that nobody knows really, and nobody much cares about, and. And he has a secret life where he likes to to dress up in women's clothing and stuff and do those sorts of things. I, I mean, to me, if you're not hurting anybody and you're not misusing funds in some way and it doesn't really tie into your job, I, I don't have a I, I don't I don't mess with that sort of stuff. I don't mess with people's affairs that they have. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's a um it's automatically a news story for somebody if if a politician somewhere is having an affair and somebody finds out about it. Now let's, you know, if that person is having an affair with a staffer and they're using funds to go about things and they're you know using the office, uh, like say a former governor maybe is is uh, using state resources to facilitate that. Well, then that's a different story, okay? But. You know, I, I just think that there is that people do have a right to their personal lives and people make mistakes all the time in their personal lives. And what may be a mistake uh, or what may be something that that we disagree with, you know, it, it's not for us to say that it's not for well, us to be involved in that. Yeah. And I, and I and I would argue that to me, this isn't about whether or not we agree or disagree with. You know, my position isn't contingent upon whether or not we agree or disagree with the lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't have any problem with, um, you know, um, the former mayor, the late former mayor, having pursued the lifestyle that he was pursuing. That was his right. You know, I don't have any problem with that at all. You know, but, but I do think as an elected official, if you were doing something that could, that could potentially make you exploitable, uh, make you, uh, and I know Smith Smith Station is small, but it matters to the people that are there, the mm-hmm. 2,000 people that are there. And, and I would argue that there are probably decisions that he could have made and maybe did make that <clears throat> could have been exploited uh, by someone who knew his secret. And so consequently, I think the role of journalism is to shed light on those potential conflicts. Um, you know, to me, it's not about whether, and, and I'm not saying that what, again, I want to stress, I'm not saying that what, you know, 1819 did was they did it the right way and, you know, with, with, with journalistic, um, you know, integrity or traditions in mind, mm-hmm. um, because we know that website, you know, has an agenda. Right. Um, 
you know, and we know Rick and Bubba, they have an agenda. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not defending how they did what they did, but I'm saying the general idea I think is journalistically sound and I think if we're going to have a a a, a, a a country that functions in a healthy way, then I think we've got to embrace the idea that um if you're a public official, um you know, what you, you know, your life, public and private is fair game up to a point. Now, mm-hmm. now, you know, I'm not saying, okay, case in point. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, the Indian guy who's running for, um, for the Republican nomination for president. Uh, uh, Vivek or Vivek, Vivek, whatever his name is. Um, you know, he, he brings up Nikki Haley um, he brings up Nikki Haley's daughter mm-hmm. in the Republican debate that just happened. I think that's, you know, kids are off limits. Yeah, kids are off limits. Spouses are off limits. They, they, you know, they don't. They're not. That's not germane to, you know, you know this 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 contest, this presidential contest they're engaged in. Uh, now, if Nikki Haley is doing something or saying something. That you know uh, is worthy of criticism. Fine, criticize or expose her, but you know that. So, so to me, that's where it. That's where the line is. The line is, you know, um, keep it to the candidate. Keep it to the elected or appointed official. I think that's very relevant. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I, I just. I don't know. It just. Um, I think the one thing that we do agree on here. Mm-hmm. Is um, is that the the way eighteen nineteen handled this is, uh, is um, you know it so and you know and they're not I, I doubt very seriously that they would understand it uh, the nuance here that we're talking about um, but you know if you go back and you look at the stories what they did was they tried to condemn somebody morally mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, the approach that they took was, and I, and I'm, you know, I know what they were doing. They, they have an, they had an agenda. They were going to, they were going to try, you know, trounce them for, uh, for this lifestyle and make a whole thing about transgender and the dangers of transgenderism or whatever. And, and they were just going to go, you know, and that's, that was their goal, you know, was, was to do something along those lines. And, and that's, that's why I said their, their culture war nonsense that they got themselves into is what has caused them so many problems now. Had they reported this in a way, in a more um, uh, newsworthy way, uh, had they focused on the parts, the portions of the story that were actually newsworthy, uh, which were the, you know, the fiction, uh, you know, the using of the, of the kids, uh, you know, identities or, you know, photos that they pulled offline, using the photos of the woman that they pulled offline, using her name and talking about her, uh, you know, then, then I think we're, we're talking about a totally different thing. And if had, had they toned down the, you know, the, that that whole self righteousness that they that they wrote it with, mm-hmm. um, and went after him with, and and tried to basically you know maintain that he was not fit to be a pastor, um, and you know and again, th- those are arguments to me. Now, now, if you're writing for the Southern Baptist you know, magazine, okay, right. well, that's a different, you know, you're, you're, this is a different audience. You, you're talking about morals. You're talking about these things. And those are questions that he certainly should have to answer to his congregation uh, at mm-hmm. the church, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
at the same time, it's not, I, I, again, I separate that out between what our job is as, you know, it, it, it working for a news outlet would be for, you know, for exposing that, those sorts of things. And, and you know, people, they brought up a lot of the, the what about isms uh, and things uh, about, you know, what about Robert Bentley? And what about, you know, people saying that Kay Ivey might be gay? And what about the, you know, and uh, I think if you look back at those things, the, the difference that you have there is, number one, no one was ever condemning Kay Ivey uh, for being gay, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the condemnation that came uh, from that was the signing of anti-LGBTQ uh, legislation and, and, and those sorts of things, while uh, another politician, a very you know, well-known politician who is gay herself, was saying that Kay Ivey was gay, mm-hmm. all right? Um, and so in, in that context, that is something that is newsworthy. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. It, you yeah. know, it, you don't, we're not making moral judgments on Kay Ivey, but the fact that this person said these things and while this was happening in that context is, is a newsworthy story. But, but um, let me, before you know, we run out of time here, let me, sure. let me, let me posit something to you. So if let's say, you know, because it's never been proven, you know, uh, that that uh, Governor Ivy is is a lesbian, right? Even right. I mean, we've heard the rumors and there's been accusations made and whatever, but but that's never been established. Sure. But let's just say someone had been. Let's just say for for the sake of argument that is true, mm-hmm. okay. And let's say that someone had been able to establish that, you know, through photographic evidence or video or whatever, right. Even if she hadn't been signing, you know, anti-gay legislation, mm-hmm. wouldn't it still be newsworthy that the governor of a red state like Alabama was gay? Um, I mean, would it be would it be newsworthy that that happened? Yes. Okay. Would it be Would it be appropriate for a news outlet to out her as such? I don't think so. I, I I wouldn't do it. I think mm. that that's a personal decision on her part and something that she has every right to make on her own. And if she doesn't want people to know that, and if she doesn't want, and, it, and, and again, and it doesn't play, we're not talking about it playing any role here in, in the government of, of the state or in, in, in taxpayer funds being used. I, I don't, I don't think that's any of my business or anybody else's. I think that's Kay Ivey's business. And I don't think we have a right to dig into into that unless it becomes a factor in some way, shape, or form in the governance that, that she is part of. Uh, you know, and so I no, I don't I just don't I don't I, I just have a problem with it it, it feels it feels icky to me every single time. It feels icky to me to do to to worry about people's affairs. It feels icky to me to worry about people's sexuality. Um, I, I just feel like those things, unless there is a direct tie to their jobs, it is is something that they should worry about in their in their off time. And if you start chasing that sort of stuff, that's all you're going to end up chasing, and, you know, and you're going to turn yourself into the kind of the moral police. And then you have to start questioning, well, what grounds do you have to be judging people on that? And I don't think any of us have any grounds to be judging anybody on those sorts of things. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the reporting can be done without being judgmental. I, I think there's a relevance if you have if you have Ooh. a population, a voting population that is is um, is in one direction on on a on an issue like that, and mm-hmm. you have uh, an elected official who has never proclaimed one way or another what they are, and then it's discovered that this is this is a secret that they've been keeping. I think mm-hmm. it's relevant because I think the obvious question is, well, would, would these people who have been voting for this person, would they be voting for that person uh, if they, you know, um, you know, if they um, if they knew that this was, you know, her or his private life? I think that's relevant, but, you know, because we're talking about something that's that's a societal issue. We're not just talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you when you start talking about uh, sexual identity. Uh, and gender and gender identity, I think you know we're talking about something that's really a societal issue. I mean, it's 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 something that I think it's valid. It's a it's valid, I think, to explore that with a public official, not with a private person, but with a public official. I think it's valid in this in this United States of America at this time. I just don't know how you do it without there being some judgment involved. Um, I, I just don't. I don't know how it is uh, you know how it's presented well without to me, without there being without there being some level of of judgment whether it be okay here's this here's this uh, person who is gay or whatever and um they they've hid this from you you know uh and well, you know well, I, well let's take gay out of it let's take gay okay. out of it let's 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 say um Let's say that uh, you've got, um, you know, you've got a, um, a, a let, let, let's, let's put it in the heterosexual context. Let's say you've got a, a single governor mm-hmm. who, um, you know, has, um, um, has never, um, um, you know, who has a girlfriend mm-hmm. and, um, and has been pretending that he and she don't live together when they actually do live together, uh, right. you know that would be that would be again one of those one of those moral questions that again for some people would be uh, you know in a red state and to me that's the key thing it's the it's it's where are the people where mm-hmm. are the voters and if we know that the voters are comprised the voters who who are supporting these this person are comprised of people. Who have very strong religious beliefs or moral beliefs, whether we agree with them or not, I think it's valid to juxtapose the moral beliefs of those voters with the moral practices of the person that they are that these voters are supporting if they are at odds. I think that's I think that's valid journalistically, well, and it doesn't have to be done with judgment. It's just a fact. Well, but uh, it, uh, I think you're your use of the word morals there mm-hmm. says that we're we're holding we're standing in some judgment what's not moral we, to you not us not right, us we are voters. but we are if we if we're saying if we're saying this is a moral thing that this is that your morals don't align with these people's morals well right. i mean i, I think that's, we're not valuing that's, either one we're not valuing one set of morals over the other as journalists i just i can't i mean i, I there, there's there's zero chance i'd ever write that story zero None, none. I would never ever write that story. I would, I mean, I would think it would be so, uh, 
Um, yeah, that's their business, you know. Uh, to me, is that that's if this person and and they're both consenting adults and they are happy with whatever they're doing, then to me, this this is what I've been, you know, this is what I've been preaching for, to people for for years. Which mm-hmm. is leave people the hell alone, you know, leave them alone, let them let them live their lives. If they're not hurting you, they're not hurting anybody else. Where we get into trouble in this thing is is all of the uh, the shit that we heap on people because okay, of so, our beliefs. So let's and, flip it. Let's flip okay. it. Let's say that let's say that the um let's say that we're in a blue state mm-hmm. where where people are uh very tolerant, they're very mm-hmm. uh they're open-minded about all sorts of lifestyles and living arrangements and whatever. And and they've elected somebody who they think is the same person that that thinks the same as they do, you know. That's what the person's political platform is. And then we discover that that person is secretly a conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. Would not it be journalistically valid to to do reporting on that? I think it would be. Well, it, but in what way? In what context? Would they, well, I mean, well, it, the it, context would be simple. You not the, the 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 person has not revealed themselves to be who they actually are. They've deceived the voters or at least hidden from the voters who they are. And so and they have they have gotten themselves elected under mm-hmm. the false pretense that that he or she is a liberal, tolerant right. liberal when they're really not. Well, it, I I think if that's the case, then that's th- those sorts of things are going to manifest themselves in in reportable uh, circumstances, which are uh, th- this person is going to do things. He's gonna he's gonna sign legislation. He's gonna pass legislation. He's gonna be supportive of laws that no, are discriminatory toward, towards people. And and I, I I mean in that case, that they're no, but gonna... they're hiding. They're hiding though, Josh. They're hiding. But, just as we're just as we're suggesting that, uh, or at least some people are suggesting that um, you know our current governor is hiding. I'm saying uh-huh. let's flip it. Let's flip the whole scenario. So right. the, the, so that we're dealing with the with the the inverse of what we're what, what has been posited about our current governor. Right. You know, I'm saying it's no matter what way you look at it, if there is the potential for uh for us to discover that a candidate or an elected official is being hypocritical, is being deceptive, regardless of whether they're liberal or conservative, religious or non-religious, Mm-hmm. I think it's journalistically valid to go after that person and to reveal well, I, the secret. I just, I just think that again, I, I think that it's that it's only in the context of doing the job. That that's that's all that I care about. So if if I'm going if you're going to say, all right, well, this person is is hiding as a conservative Christian in this blue state. Well, oh, all right. Well, if I ask questions of this person and they reveal themselves. And I'm and I'm saying questions about the way they're doing this job. Or well, you know, how do you feel about X issue? And mm-hmm. they they say, well, I feel this way, and they reveal themselves to be this conservative person. Well, then they're commenting on the issue, uh, on the on that problem. But I don't think it's my responsibility to basically be hiding in the bushes and telling people who's coming and going at their house at night. That's that's where I, I think that their their right to privacy and their right to the to having a private life it, it trumps you know your uh, anybody's uh, interest in you know whatever is going on. I mean, it's this is not a, a reality TV show. What if they're in a religious cult? 
how does if that is true, then how does it affect the job that they're doing? How how does it influence the job that they're doing? And I think that that's where you get to the crux of the matter. What difference does it make other than how it influences the job? Well, I think I think I think it influences the job. There's it's there's there can be demonstrated influence and then there's the potential for influence. Mm-hmm. And and to me both are equally relevant. So the the influence could be that that cult this cult membership predisposes them to support certain policies or to preference certain supporters or 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 people out there. That, mm-hmm. And we wouldn't know that that was the motivation without knowing that they had the connection to the cult. Mm-hmm. Or there's the potential, which is that, um, you know, they could be, um, they could be in, in predisposed to making certain decisions uh, in the future uh, based on this affiliation. And we wouldn't know about it uh, without this reporting because, again, we don't know you know, the public doesn't know that they're in this cult. I think if, if you find out that a person has that kind of an affiliation, I think you got, you know, that, that may be their private life, but I think if you're a public official, appointed official, got to report it. Well, I, I, let, I mean, let's define what, what we're talking about with a cult. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a cult has some pretty nefarious, you know, it's a pretty nefarious term, I would say. And so, I mean, I think that, that there are nefarious connotations anyways. And so um, I, I would I would think that there were, we're possibly talking about some some illegalities and certainly some very questionable behavior that's that's taking place publicly among folks that are that are a member of this that are members of this cult. I mean, I, it's it's hard to get into you know into cult like behavior well, without there being you know something that that's going on. You know, well, once you once you achieve the level of people just openly calling you a cult, you've yeah, done some pretty crazy shit. You know, I mean, um, there there are religious groups. Mm-hmm. in this country who have been characterized as cults that are not doing anything that's that's nefarious from a criminal standpoint. Um, right, just, but they're doing you know, some, some people, pretty some, crazy things, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, well, there, not there's... necessarily. I mean, think, you know, for example, uh, some people would characterize, um, and I think, and I think they have been characterized, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Mormon church, I think, has been characterized that way, as an example. Well, I mean, uh, Scientologists have been characterized that way. Sci- Scientologists is another yeah. one. That, that but certainly again, that I way. think that there are some pretty, uh, some, pretty uh, uh, some pretty bad cases out there of things well, that have gone on. Scientology's probably on the extreme, but um, in terms of that, but, but um, I mean, in terms of established religious groups. Yeah, but, I, I just but let's think... go back. But but let's go back to let's go back to some something that's less extreme, like the Mormons or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, some people would uh, say the Black Hebrews are a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as I know, the Black Hebrews aren't doing anything that is nefarious or criminal or anything like that. Yeah. But certainly, if a person had that affiliation. And they were hiding it, or let's say the Nation of Islam. Let's say the Nation of Islam. That's mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people know a, a little bit of something about. Right. You know, you may not agree with their points of views on anything, 
But if a but if a if a candidate or an elected official had an affiliation with the Nation of Islam, I I guarantee you, I guarantee you that news organizations would absolutely be trying to report that fact if that candidate had not revealed that. Yes, but I, again, and, I think that it that it goes back to what um what you how that how that affiliation influences the job that you're in and i think that that's those are the questions outside of that context why would we care why would we care if um if you know whatever if president biden is a member of you know the mormon church why would we care that he's a member of the of the mormon church unless like Mitt Romney, that those viewpoints influence what he's going to do while in office. And at that point, then yes, you can ask that there, there are questions that could be asked of those candidates. Okay, or, you know, or did you do this because of your, your faith? Did you, are you planning to do this because of your faith? How will your faith in, in, in do these things? Yes, I think, but again, outside of that context, so, or, or even to the point of saying, the, this group has done X, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that has happened, that they've done this terrible thing or they've, done, they've, they've held these terrible beliefs uh, in the past. Do you share those beliefs okay. because they're so, going to inform how you're going to operate in office? So then what's your position on, on uh, the reporting that was done on John F. Kennedy when he was uh, running for president mm-hmm. and people were afraid because he was a Roman Catholic. Let's start there, question mm-hmm. part A. And then part B of my question is, what about the fact that the press knew that John F. Kennedy was having these multiple affairs with women and they did not report it? And then this, and then, and then of course, Kennedy eventually is assassinated. And one of the theories out there Mm-hmm. is that he was assassinated because of his relationship, his illicit relationship with Marilyn Monroe. Now, I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying that that's, you know, I yeah. don't know if we'll ever know truly why he was assassinated, but I'm just saying that is one of the theories that's out there, that it was, you know, mob, the mob was involved and it was because of that relationship and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, um, number one, the the Roman Catholic thing, I think that uh, that, that those questions have have to have been tied to policy and what his beliefs are in in certain things that he was going to be able to influence as president. Um, outside of that, I don't think there's anybody. It's anybody's real business about uh, the the affairs themselves. Uh, you know, are also nuanced to me. Which are, are are is he just having some affairs? Is he just you know going around and uh, you know and and banging some women on the side uh, here or there? Uh, or is it something that he is expending taxpayer funds uh, on? Is it something that is influencing his work? Is it something that he is misusing his office uh, to to facilitate? Those are where I think the lines are in that. I mean, just simply is a guy having an affair? I don't. I don't think that's. I, I mean, I don't think that's something I'm spending my time on. Well, it sounds like Kennedy was absolutely using taxpayer well, resources. Well, that's a story. That's a story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but, the, but used, they didn't report it. He used that. Well, I mean, that's on them. I don't, you know, I don't yeah. know what they knew or what they could prove. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's 
you know, I think that's on them. I think that's something that they they should have reported that, that he misused taxpayer funds to facilitate this uh, affair, uh, that he was using, you know, resources devoted to the office uh, in an inappropriate way to facilitate this, just the same way as Robert Bentley was. That's that's what got Robert Bentley in the trouble that he got in. I don't think anybody, if he was having an affair with a neighbor, uh, you know, somewhere in, in his hometown in Tuscaloosa, uh, nobody would have much cared. Well, I mean, some people would have cared, obviously, but it would not, it would not have been a a big huge story as it were that he was having an affair with a staffer and he was using state resources to facilitate that so you know all right all right let's uh let's i'll tell you what let's slide out of here uh we're gonna we're gonna get in uh uh another politician who uh who's got some explaining to do and some announcing to do and so uh we'll get uh, we'll get him in here in just a second it'll be anthony daniels we'll be right back in just a minute alabama politics this week brought to you by Hey, uh, if y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Well, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms oh. as well. I forget that Davis and Andrew and Guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just just go and, and rate and review and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're gonna leave a bad one. Don't do don't do that. Just don't, don't, like that. don't leave a bad one. Thank you. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now, as always. Or, I mean, you know, semi-happy. Let's don't get carried away. He's been with us so many times. We don't really get happy anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're happy to have Anthony Daniels with us, uh, minor- House Minority Leader. Um, and uh, and also, a really big liar. Uh, the, uh, the last time he was on here with us, uh, I said... You know who would make a great candidate in that new House district down there, that uh-huh. new congressional district we got? I said, you know who uh-huh. would make a good candidate? Anthony Daniels. And he treated me as if I were some low-life, scum-of-the-earth <laughs> guy uh, and just talked about how crazy I was and all of this. And so now uh, you're, you're, got, you're about to have an announcement. What's, what's the announcement going to be? Well, you know, uh, we'll see about 5 o'clock today. Uh, how I'm feeling uh, right now. I'm focusing my attention on the bill signing for the overtime bill uh, that's going to give uh, Alabama workers an mm-hmm. opportunity to get five percent on overtime uh, on every hour worked and overtime back in their checks. Uh, we all know that five uh, percent of time and a half is a lot more than five percent of base pay, mm-hmm. uh, and so this will give the people of Alabama a five percent pay raise on overtime pay starting January one. And so that's where my focus is right now. Uh that'll be at three o'clock today. And mm-hmm. at about four o'clock, uh between four and five I'll be I'll have some decisions to make. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Very listen, political so, answer. Yeah, Very political yeah. so, answer. <laughs> so he's still lying. He's still lying about the whole thing. Uh, I don't. I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, no, listen. You're you're going to make a good candidate down there, um, and and we know that. What? Why? What? What changed your mind? So uh, you know, there's no secret that Stephen and I are friends, and Stephen and I we've been talking for months, and you thought Stephen uh, Reed, the mayor of Montgomery, Yes, right? yes. And I thought, sure, that Stephen would be likely be person running. Mm -hmm. And I'll prepare to be as helpful as I can if he was going to be running. Well, uh, being that, you know, there was no commitments all the way up until four or three, four weeks ago and really uh, last week. Um, and so before that, I, I did. I Honestly, God, I didn't even think about it um, before that. Uh, but when... Uh, I felt like, uh, you know, the people of Montgomery uh, felt that uh, the mayor should stay and finish the business in Montgomery. I've uh, been doing a, you know, I've been doing a good job there and trying to turn things around in Montgomery, um, you know, from economic development and, you know, even the school working intimately in the schools. And so I thought that, you know, all of us thought that, that the, the mayor would run. And when he decided not to, uh, I felt that that was probably a sign. And you know, I had started getting invitations in Troy and, and in Union Springs to speak. Um, and, and speaking in Union Springs um, at the, uh, the Union Springs, the country club in Bullock County, um, and seeing the diversity in the room that I was speaking in and people coming up to me, uh, saying to me, you know, Anthony, um, you know, when you did this, the response to the governor's state of the state and mentioned that you're from Midway, Alabama, uh, we all started following you. People that I've never met before, we started mm -hmm. following you. And there are people that have moved to Bullock County uh, that are large landowners that uh, moved to Bullock County. And, uh, you know, and so it was very encouraging. And when I looked in that room, David, I just, I was, I was, you know, it really touched me in a way that I've never been touched before. And I, I became very emotional at that point to really see uh, the diversity and the um, really seeing people from all ages and walks of life sitting in a room together, getting along, right? And so this is whether it's a blue collar worker or white collar, right? Black and white, it doesn't matter. Young or old, they had students from the local um, private school there uh, sitting in the audience. Um, and so, you know, at that particular meeting, um, the former mayor of Union Springs uh, said that we would love to, you know, you should you should consider coming home. Um, and, you know, we, we, we respect and see the things that you've done um, as a leader in Alabama uh, and the things that you've done in Huntsville and the things that you've done for us, even being a minority leader. Uh, being able to send funding to Bullock County School System, being able to you know, do sports camps and, and robotics camps, uh, and even pay for students to go on college trips. And so, you know, and so they're like, you know, and so it, it was at that point that I, I started considering. Um, but before that, it never really been on my radar. And then uh, I was in Troy on Saturday night. Uh, speaking at the NAACP banquet in Troy and the encouragement there. And so I've never said publicly that I was running. I've always said that I was strongly considering it. 
based upon the number of people that reached out to me. Uh, and so, uh, but for me, what's most important is this these, this bill signing today and the uh, seeing, uh, you know, the workers at Hyundai today uh, and, and really talking to the workers and, and, and my colleagues, uh, just really seeing this legislation through. And I've been a part of the process of, of working with, um, you know, the, the uh, revenue department, uh, Vernon Burnett, who's been doing a phenomenal job uh, explaining the legislation and implementation and helping businesses and industry understand what it is and what it's not, uh, clarifying a lot of the questions. Um, and so uh, I've been a part of that process as well. And I didn't want anything to be a distraction uh, to that. So my running would have taken away from what we're we're going to be dealing with today. And so, um, like I said, I, I'll be making a decision between four and five, uh, five o'clock today. Um, and, you know, right now, you know, it's still strongly considering, um, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see today. Um, and then I got to, you know, talk to my wife again and just, just to uh, kind of check those boxes. I talked to her before. She was very encouraging. Um, realized that we'll, you know, really have to uh, make a tough decision of, you know, uh, if we're, we're able to do this and, and if we do it and if we're successful, we realize what we'll have to do from, uh, from our living standpoint. And I'm prepared if I do it. I'm prepared to move um, to Montgomery. I mean, right now, hell, I'm in Montgomery five months out of the year hmm. uh, as a minority leader, not just as a legislator, but as a minority leader. And as a minority leader, what people don't really understand the difference between my profile and those that are that are already decided to run is that my reach is statewide, meaning that I have impact on uh, counties and communities across the state and helping members legislators move dollars through the budgeting process to those areas. And so it's not, it's not something that's, that I hadn't already been doing when it comes to delivering to different areas uh, throughout the state. Uh, it'll just be at a larger scale. And at this, at this scale, it'll be more partnerships with mayors and city councils and county commissioners and, and economic development folks and just communities in general uh, and figure out a path and a plan forward to to move them where they need to be because some of these communities um haven't moved as far as they need to move uh and you know when you look at bullet county where i'm from you know it bothers me to see uh, a couple of years ago uh bullet county being mentioned as having the second highest growth in poverty in the united states of america those things bother me so so and, so anthony in light of the fact that this bothers you and we appreciate your passion for your 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 the community that you were raised in that's that's a that's a beautiful powerful thing what what is your actual vision i mean you you i know you as a planner as somebody who's very calculated and who thinks you know things through and thinks you know several steps ahead so i'm assuming you already have an idea about how you can have a transformative impact on an area that has been very challenged to transform. Give us some insight into that. What is your vision? So the limitations that I've had by being the minority leader, you don't want to step in front of folks that actually represent the areas and the voters voted for. But you want to be supportive. 
as uh, you know, if I decide to run for Congress, I've identified in every county um, areas. Uh, uh, I've, I've already identified the poverty level in those areas, uh, the healthcare challenges. Uh, for example, when you look at Monroe County, when you look at the maternal uh, care unit being um, closing uh, for that hospital and what the impact that that has of the growth and future of that community, uh, looking at uh, the, the poverty rate in a lot of these areas. And so um, as, you know, a member of members of Congress have a unique ability to call a CEO and they return their call, right? And they have the ability to talk to industry offline without having to go through uh, the Department of Commerce or any other agency. And so for me, uh, working with the local municipalities uh, to start addressing the healthcare issues, uh, you know, if I decide to run, I'll be running on healthcare. Healthcare will be my number one priority. Uh, getting the federal government and the administration uh, to allow Alabama to start the clock over uh, when it comes to expansion dollars, uh, going back to 100%. Uh, the other things is uh, economic development and growth. Just because you live in a rural community doesn't mean that uh, you're only limited to manufacturing jobs, right? Uh, we got to build that workforce. We got to make those places attractive to live. To live. Uh, airports are important. If you're going to bring in young people, be able to retain, they want to be able to fly to different places and be more accessible as quickly on, you know, if it's on the weekend. You got to build infrastructure. Uh, you got to look at uh, the 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 digital divide. So it's in real time, not just saying this is a 2035 plan. Anything that's a 2035 plan that we have to wait that long to get internet access and to get uh, the infrastructure that we need in these communities, that that is not going to be acceptable by me if, if, if I decide to do that. It's going to be expedited. Uh, but working carefully with local people, not assuming that I know everything about every community, but working within the ranks of those communities, but giving them, getting them the resources that they need to take advantage of dollars from the, from the granting authorities, working with the state government on planning. Oftentimes you have the federal government that want to deliver checks and uh, down uh, to certain projects, but strategic strategic planning uh, and using from local, state, and and also federal government all working together. Regionalism. There's there's not a whole lot of regionalism that exists even throughout the entire state of Alabama, and just helping people understand why those things are important. Uh, early childhood. You know, I've always been a proponent of of, of uh, cradle to pre K. Uh, making certain that we're putting more dollars into uh, the early years because that's how you train a well-educated uh, and a strong workforce. Um, looking at the plight of mom-and-pop small businesses in these communities. How do we help them uh, with uh, having the opportunity to take advantage of, of, of you know, supply costs? Uh, because at the end of the day, as their overhead has grown since COVID, many of them are are selling or are closing down. And so, you know, the agriculture industry, uh, there's a lot of land within that district uh, that you'll, you'll get an opportunity uh, uh, to, to talk to local farmers and figure out ways that we can do the more farm to table. How can we get grocery stores? These, there are food deserts there. How can we get different grocery stores to start looking at relocating into those, uh, locating into some of those areas? And so you gotta, be more than just a politician. You actually have to go out and do the outreach. 
because those communities are they don't have the, the the staff capacity and infrastructure that a state government has, right? Some of them don't even they barely have an economic developer, and so it it just for me it's it's communication, it's investing in infrastructure, uh, and it's population retention. The only way you're able to retain population in any community is through employment. Right. Otherwise, you're not going to retain population. So, and we've been seeing significant population loss all throughout the rural communities in Alabama. Right. And nine out of counties are rural. Right. So you've obviously given, your answer is so substantive, it's obvious you've given a lot of thought to this. It's hard, yeah, for, it's hard say, for me to believe, quick, Josh, it's hard I for me wanted, to believe. I just wanted to pour up one, one thing real quick. This, this podcast won't come out until tomorrow. Right. So we, we okay. can, we, you can go ahead and tell everybody what, you, what you're going to do. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. It's well, hard, it's hard. This is an embargo. <laughs> yeah, it's embargo. Yeah, not, not a word will be out until tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. But, it's, but it's, it's obvious to me you've given so much thought to this that it's hard for me to believe that you haven't already made up your mind. So like Josh is saying, you know, by the time people hear this, you will have already made your announcement. Listen, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. Um, and um, it's just, I'm giving up a lot to do it. Yeah. Right. Giving up a lot of a lot of things that I built in, in Madison County, but at the end of the day, guys, uh, what I've delivered to Madison County, Madison County taught me a whole lot, and it's only going to help me represent these the people of of, of CD two, because from an urban area where military presence like the Madison County, you have uh, you know Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery. You have Fort Benning that's in proximity to Russell County. You have Fort Rucker that's in proximity to Pike County. You have the coastline down, Mobile area. And so you 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 have a lot of assets that can that is under uh developed and and is not necessarily and you know, just take the same path that Madison County has taken to to get to where it is today. Expedite that because you've already learned how on, on on you know how they've done it, and you're just taking that playbook and applying it into a different area. It's just it's, it's a it's a plug and play, um, but you got to be um, you got to you got to be strategic, and you got to help people understand uh, the importance of working together and how everybody's going to benefit uh, from it. And so for me, I grew up in the district. Uh, I went to elementary school in the district. I was raised by my grandparents in Bull in Midway, Alabama. Uh, I went to graduate from Bullock County High School, and and Dave, you know, I've been doing things back in my hometown uh, since I got out of college. Yeah. And so, you, do you ever leave your hometown? And for for people that question the residency, like I've been seeing this uh, these articles about that, and they focus on me only. But you know, ninety percent of folks mm-hmm. doesn't live in the district. I I will point that out. Um, but here's what I would say. If I sleep outside of the district and deliver more than the person that lives in the district, then what does that say to, for them? Mm-hmm. Sure. At the end of the day, it's about deliverables. Yeah. And there are mayors in the district that call me for help in the legislature. And so at the end of the day, my, my for me, I'm Alabama's minority leader, House minority leader. I'm not just, I'm a representative in Madison County. 
but I'm Alabama's minority leader because my job is to 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 be the jelly maker for everybody that needs it, or the tree shaker when everybody when they, whenever it's needed, mm-hmm. and that and I play whatever role that needs to be played for the team. Mm-hmm. Now, and so a lot of people will make this about mm-hmm. uh, you know this area that area, but hell, I went to college in North Alabama. Right. Walk, walk us through though you you alluded to this and i just want and this will be my final question walk us through how this you know the logistics of how this works you're 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 going to be still house minority leader while you're running for this position if you get this position if you get the democratic nomination the likelihood is you're going to win uh in a general election setting um at least there's a very strong possibility that you'll win uh, based on just what happened with the uh, redistricting. So um, do you, do you've got business interests, you and you and you and, and Tanisha have business interests here in, in Madison County. What happens to those business interests? Do you just uproot? What do you do? T- kind of walk us through the process. The beautiful part about the business that we occupy you hire a professional to run those businesses. You you hire a dentist uh, to to run that business. There's two we have two offices in Madison County, uh, and we're focusing on franchising those practices. And so individuals will be able to buy into a franchise that's already established, that's already profitable. And so that's been the intent the entire time is to franchise our practices. And so we'll do one if we're we you know we're successful. We'll do one in Montgomery, and we'll do one in other places. And so, uh, you know, it's not a business that require uh, the actual CEO to be there each and every day. When you, especially when you're doing franchises, there will be folks that will have ownership, forty nine percent or fifty one percent ownership in the practice uh, that'll be running the day to day. But the back office things, you know, you'll you'll be running all of that uh, through uh, the corporate office. Okay. And what about the first part of my question, which is, how do you how do you see this transition going with you maintaining your current position, and and also campaigning for Congress? David, I've uh, I've run doing a, doing any year that midterm that exists in the last two cycles. I've been minority leader, and I've run more campaigns than a congressional district. <laughs> so I've run, at one point, I've run 20 campaigns while being minority leader. And so this will, I would not, uh, it will be no different than the than the cadence and the, the what I'm used to already. I just, just last year, I was running campaigns. I just ran a campaign, uh, work, uh, campaign in Jefferson County uh, for a house seat, right? And so, uh, but this time, uh, the difference is I'll actually have staff running my campaign instead of me running the campaign, and I can finally become be the candidate as opposed to uh, just being the person that that's running all of the day to day and planning the entire thing out from election day backwards. Okay. So this uh, is actually lighter load. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say so, it sounds like you're doing less work. Um, you know. All right, so I, I know you got to get out of here, um, and and so I, I don't really have a question, I, and, and I'm uh, so I just, but I want to say this, uh, and, and I, I, people here when you come on, and I give you a hard time, and 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 it's it, but 
I want to say that I don't know that I have ever met a uh, an elected official who better aligns with what I believe in than you do. Um, and, and it's um, and it's you know from a social standpoint and what our responsibility are, are what our responsibilities are to other people and and the citizens of the state and then also tying that in to an economic standpoint which is very much pro business and pro military um, and and I think that you and I agree on on a lot of things um, matter of fact I, I, as far as I know I don't think we've disagreed on anything but. Um, it, do, do you feel comfortable that you can get that message to the people down there and, and overcome the, the stuff about you not living there or whatever, even though that's going to be an issue for, like you said, 90 percent of the people in the race? Uh, do you feel like you can get your message over there and tell them? Because to me, that what, what you are is is the way we win, win races as Democrats in this state. OK, what I mean, the, if I had to pick out an ideal candidate, it would be you uh, because it's, it's everything. I think you translate very well to everybody. And it's the reason why you're so popular with so many different groups out there there um do, do you think you can translate that in the campaign absolutely i think you know for me uh my deliverables speak for themselves right and so the things that i've delivered from whether it's helping representative chestnut uh in the budgeting process to get money for schools in selma that was impacted by the storm damage um uh, you know whether it's helping the city of montgomery uh with uh getting making certain that uh, the 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 uh, tax to support the school uh, was got actually got on the ballot mm-hmm. uh, or passed through the uh, House of Representatives and using some of my uh, political capital to get uh, members to 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 consider giving that local community an opportunity uh, to vote and so uh, you know it's it, it goes on and on legislative you know there is no question uh, from a legislative standpoint. Uh, when we um, when we what we have to look at is, you know, whether it's the overtime bill that impact the entire state of Alabama. So mm-hmm. every district is impacted by that. Yeah. Every worker is impacted by this. Uh, whether it's creating this the the cybersecurity school of cybersecurity and engineering, students across the state of Alabama uh, are have enrolled are enrolled in that particular school from all different different counties. And there's a partnership with Bullock County with directly with the School of Cybersecurity and Engineering. Right. Um, and and then you look at whether well, there's the microbreweries, you know, giving them the opportunity to sell growlers. That was the piece of legislation I championed. Um, creating the Home Builders Academy to give individuals uh, without degrees an opportunity to go through nine-week training program in HVAC and, and plumbing and other in construction uh, to be able to go into the workforce. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, just just a number of pieces of legislation that I've I've been able to champion, you know, whether it's serving on the um, Innovation Corporation Board, giving millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars out to start up small businesses uh, that are going through the process and then the credits, right, the tax credits. And so infrastructure, you know, mm-hmm. the Rebuild Alabama, helping with uh, delivering the votes for Rebuild Alabama that's given every county and every community in the state of Alabama the ability to start building roads and bridges again, right? And so I don't know what else I can do to convince people that I deliver. And that's that's the name of the game for me. Daniels delivers. 
and and that's that's what it's about. Oh, look at that. Got your own, even got a campaign slogan before we got off of here. How about that? Listen, we, we, we won't even charge. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, listen, we, uh, uh, honestly, uh, really wish you uh, all the best in this yeah. and, and, uh, and, and hope that it's a very successful campaign. Uh, you know, I hate to lose you up here and where we are. Uh, we hate to lose you as minority leader. I know there's a lot of campaigns around the state that are going to hate to lose you as their basically campaign chairman. Uh, but uh, I think this is a very important role, and, and we, we really, really wish you luck. Yeah, man. This will give me the opportunity to do it at a much higher level on a broader level because uh, going the, you know, if I'm successful, uh, down ballot and legislators that have overlapped in those, that district and beyond, I'll, you know, and I, you know, I'm leaving behind a pack for them, the, the caucus, and leaving them a, in a much better position than I found. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Yeah, Thank man. you for, for spending some time and, and finally telling everybody what you were going to do about <laughs> midway through this interview. Um, and, Don't uh, you report and, this before I file. I'm not going to report before you file. You know me. I would never do that. No, we got you. Uh, we got you, man. We got you. We got you. We, but listen, uh, uh, congrats on, on the campaign yeah. and, uh, and, and good luck to you. Absolutely. And thank you for coming by. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. All right. Anthony. And it is uh, House Minority Leader for now, Anthony Daniels. Uh, he is—he'll uh, make a good one. Oh yeah, uh, honestly, without Yo, question. Get out yeah. and uh, get out and vote for uh, for Anthony Daniels. I just—I uh, seriously, I, you know, I hate to be to pick favorites because I like Kirk Hatcher. Uh, I like Marika Coleman. I like Napoleon Bracey mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I just—I've I've spent a lot of time around Anthony. Um, I've, I've watched him work from afar and, and and listen, there's a lot of Democrats. I wouldn't say a lot, but there are some Democrats out there who would probably not necessarily agree with, I don't know that they would, would vehemently disagree or anything to that nature, but maybe, you know, with some of the pro business stuff that I believe in, that Anthony believes in, like he said, uh, you know, retention of people a lot of times depends upon employment. And if you can't, if you don't have that in place, then you're going to have a problem. Uh, and I think pro business and, and, and making things easier for small businesses is a big key to success in any community uh, and throughout the state. And I think that, um, you know, being pro military, you know, I know that it shocks a lot of people. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big pro military guy. I've spent a lot of time around a lot of soldiers. I've helped a lot of guys try to get benefits. I've helped, you know, I've done a lot of work with some some of these guys, and I, I just. I, I always admire them and I'm always very frustrated when they get screwed over as they do in every administration, Republican and Democrat up and down the line. Uh, so um, anyways, I just, he just aligns with a lot of the things that I believe. So well, that's all I, can I think say. he's, yeah, Anthony's Anthony is a sharp guy. He's going to be a strong yes. candidate. Uh, we've had Marika Coleman on this podcast. We've had uh, Bracy on this podcast. Uh, I can't remember if we've had Hatcher on or not, but uh, we have not. You know, you know, Kirk has has not been there very long. Okay, um, and uh, but but but, but I, I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because it would it would sound bad for him uh, to say it the way that I was about to phrase it. But so th- there haven't been a lot of opportunities of things that he's been involved in to have him on the show. Okay, I'll say it like and that's that. I think that's a fair yeah. way to say it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, I I I want to hear. Um. I want to hear what uh, Marika Coleman's position is in terms sure. of running for this. I want to hear what Bracey's position is. I think I think we're actually in a situation where 
it's it's quite possible that we will have at least three Democrats running mm-hmm. who, no matter who wins, would be a good choice. Yes. I oh, think th- listen. I think that's very possible. Oh, listen, 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 man. As I have said many times about the people in the Democratic Party who I fight with all the time. Right. I would accept them over any Republican every mm-hmm. single time because mm-hmm. of the way I don't. And I'm not saying I would accept him over any Republican nationally necessarily, because there are some Republicans who I think have, have fallen into a line on things that, that I agree with. But yeah. but uh, in this state, uh, you know, I, there's 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 too much red meat Republican here. And, and right. I, there's nobody that I could that I, I would well, choose. I mean, most most Republicans in this state aren't even really Republicans in my mind. They're Trumpers. Right. You yeah. know, they're not they're not even Republicans, really. Well, I should I should I mean everybody except Will Ainsworth, of course. So wait, everybody except who? Everybody except Will Ainsworth, of course. Uh so oh. I mean that's, that's my guy. Uh <laughs> but you know. This will be a trumper. <laughs> um publicly or privately? <laughs> oh now we're we're really being nuanced, aren't we? Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I tell you what, let's slide out. We'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up, and uh, we, right. we're gonna. I mean, we've given we've we've done like a whole show in two segments here. Uh, uh-huh. All right, let's uh, let's let's slide out. Right, Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. Alrighty, welcome back. Alabama Politics this week, brought to you by Wind Creek Entertainment. Um, we really like to thank the folks at Wind Creek for uh, sponsoring this thing again, mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Daniels for coming on and finally announcing what he's going to do. And <laughs> uh, which I got to say, I got he's got the filibuster down already. If uh, he wants to do that, uh, yeah, he filibustered us good yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, good I lord. Think, I think it helped when, when we started nudging him toward, hey, wait a minute, man, this yeah. podcast is going to air after you make your announcement. You can, make, know, right? you can come clean yeah. now. Yeah, he was trying his best to put in all the words he knew uh, before, uh, so he wouldn't have to say I'm running. Uh, but I mean, it's like, like we were live on the air there. Uh, yeah. But no, it's uh, listen this this show we've given you everything so far. I mean, we had Anthony Daniels and his little announcement, a uh, little announcement, um, and you know we had, had a, you know, a, a good disagreement between David and I in the first segment. I mean, you know, in the break he admitted I was right, uh, but it's uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just, well, uh, but, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you sound like my wife. I, I think we uh, gave. I think we gave people. I, I hopefully we gave people something to to, to really think about. Um, yeah. You know, yes. I don't. Truth of the matter is, I don't have a major problem with what you said. Um, mm-hmm. But I oh no yeah we were just having a discussion yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I don't I don't have a major problem with what you said I think both both views are valid quite frankly yeah, yeah listen I, and I do want to say this um, you know there's a guy that works for eighteen nineteen his name's Craig Monger and he's the one that wrote the stories um, mm-hmm. and I've I've seen some of the things that have been said about him all right uh, I don't particularly like 
Craig's reporting. I don't like the th- some of the things he says. I don't like the way he kind of comports himself at times. Um, that said, a lot of the things that have been said about him are pretty vile. Uh, mm. A lot of the stuff that have, the, the way that people have gone at him has has not been okay. Um, mm-hmm. It is okay to be critical of someone who you know that you disagree with. Sure, uh, the threats, um, the things like that—that's not okay. It's not. Nah. It's not. It's not mm-hmm. okay to do that. And and I wish that would stop and people would take a more uh, appropriate approach to to the criticism in this case. Because if you don't, it just gives the people on the other side something to feed off of and say, "Well, what about?" Um, you know, and, and basically makes everybody dig in and we never get anywhere. We're never going to get anywhere with this. So, um, all right, we're going to be really quick here, uh, because an hour already. And and so, you know, know, y'all told me we should be shorter. So that's what we're going to do. Um, turn the damn thing off is what you can do. All right. You don't like the link, turn it off. Um, but not before you listen to the Wayne Creek advertisements. Okay. Then please, please, please. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, our, our right wing nut this week is Susan DeBose, who is a state senator from uh, the Shelby County area, uh, or state rep, state rep, yes, state rep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, state rep from I say state senator. Um, uh, she, she has three bills pre-filed. One is about a porn and making sure that porn's only available in certain cases, and you've got to do certain things to be able to access porn. Um, I'm assuming you've got to click, okay, I'm 18 one more time. I, I don't know. Uh, and mm. then, um, and, and really, I'm just guessing that's the way you do that. Never been on those sites. Um, and, um, uh, the, the, the other one is something to do with transgender athletes, uh, again, and she's working with the, the trend, uh, the, not, not the transgender, but the activist woman, uh, anti-trans woman from the Kentucky swim team. Um, and then, uh, you know, and I, I just, the, these things that she does, I, oh, that, oh, and the last one, I'm sorry, was, is defining a man and a woman, uh, what, what those things are. This lady lives in a county that just, and represents a county that just lost its only maternity ward. Mm. It just closed, just closed, just like a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Closed. And this is the shit that she's focused on. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> because it's easy, right? It's easy to pontificate. It's easy to to be a demagogue. It's easy to to find a victim to preach against. That all that preaching and, and pontificating is easy. The hard yeah. work is to is to serve the people. That's the hard yeah. work. Yeah, it is. It's it's it, yeah. You're right. It's hard to go in and put together legislation and a coalition of people uh, willing to figure out a way uh, to devote more resources to healthcare in rural areas. And so you you make sure that these centers stay open, or or to do a variety of different things uh, to make sure that these uh, maternity wards are open, that, that people have the quality healthcare that they need to drive. You know, and, and let's just say you're you don't even care about the people and you just want business or money or whatever. Well, that's one of the ways that you attract business and money to your County and to your district is by making sure that you have these, these facilities and these options for people. Nobody's going to a County where they can't go to a doctor, you know, I mean, that's just how it is. And it just, you know, I said on, 
uh, on uh, Twitter or somewhere the other day, I, you know, it the, the maternity ward in this lady's district just, or in her county, I don't think she actually represents, it's a piece of that county. And so the maternity ward, I think, was just, just right outside of it in Shelby County. Um, but still, I mean, she represents that area, and you would think that it would be a, a tremendous concern to her because I'm sure people in her district actually use that 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 maternity ward, um, and and so she's focused on these things. And I I said, you know, if you want to, there's an easier way, I guess, to define what a woman is. Uh, you you just drive down the highway and see who's delivering humans on the side of the road in Shelby County because <laughs> they don't have a maternity ward to go to. <laughs> Yeah, the the transgender one just seems to me such a such a complete waste of time. It I, is. I, I I I can I can sympathize a little bit. Well, I'll say even more than a little bit with the porn ID uh, bill that she wants to introduce, and and she and Arthur mm-hmm. Orr apparently Arthur Orr is doing it on the Senate side. She's doing it on the House side. I mean, that's you know. There, there's some there's some. Reasons. I gotta say the way you phrase that in the context of porn is really. <laughs> She's doing it on the House side. He's doing it on the Senate side. Oh, well, I guess it was a double entendre. I didn't mean for it to be. But, but, you know, um, I I see merit to that. I mean, parents are understandably concerned about their children having access to pornography. But, you know, of course, parents also, you know, um, I, I know that's a challenge. And so, you know, you know, I'm going to say maybe that has some maybe that has some merit. But, uh, you know, uh, but I would say, like you just said, if I had to choose between, you know, what's the most pressing issue, I yeah. would think making sure that, that women had proper maternity care uh, in, in their community uh, communities would be a much more pressing issue even than that is as important as the porn ID and restricting, you know, trying to trying to keep teens off of porn. And look, you know what? The bottom line is, if we're going to just keep it real, you know, while that's important, and mm-hmm. it is important, you know, I was a teenage boy, mm-hmm. and I found ways to look at pornography. Yeah. And I know other teenage boys did too. Yep. So, I mean, kids are always going to, if that's what they're, if that's what they're interested in at a particular juncture in life, they're going to find a way to do it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean we shouldn't try as adults to to help them to manage that and to keep them from becoming uh, addicted or 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 something like that. But you know, again, our best efforts are only going to be able to do so much, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, uh, and our best efforts would be best applied to sex education uh, for these kids and teaching you know what? them. You know, what point well taken, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's and- let's let's do that. You know that would probably be a, a an even better way to uh, to try to help these young people is to is to instead of instead of just blocking, let's engage yeah. them in healthy conversations about sex and and healthy yeah. sexual habits. Yeah. Well, you know, in in Alabama schools, uh, sex education is not mandated, and yeah. uh, so I've seen estimates as higher than fifty percent of kids never receive any, um, and wow. that's a travesty. Uh, And it it also explains why we have uh, one of the highest rates of teen pregnancies in the nation. And Mm -hmm. uh, for a while, they're the highest rate of sexually transmitted diseases among teens in the nation. Um, And, and, you know, 
you can you can ignore that if you want or right. you know but i guess you know and and the teen pregnancy thing's only going to get worse with our mm-hmm. abortion laws um and so you know it's just uh, and, and now there's nowhere in a lot of in Shelby, Monroe County, and a lot of other counties. Uh, more than a third of our counties do not have uh, birthing centers. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you knew that or not. They don't have maternity wards. I, I did more than a third. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, so, yeah. Some people in this state have to drive an hour to get to a maternity ward or use an ill-equipped ER in, mm. in their in their county. So, all righty. Um, that, but our, our right wing notice, Susan DeBose. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get our. That's gonna be a wrap for us. Until next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace.